Raymond, we had a huge episode last week, the 300th episode of the Goldcast. It was a great episode, great feedback. And we have decided that in honor of the 300th episode, we're going to do one more thing for the fans. So why don't you let them know what that's going to be? That's right. So uh, strap in, folks, because it's going to be a wild one in this episode. For the 300th time, we're going to be talking about who the 49ers pick as their next quarterback. That wasn't even intentional. It's just the way it turned out. 300. We have, we have talked about that at least 300 times. All right, Raymond. And for the 301st time, why don't you let the people know where can they find us? You can always follow us on Instagram at the Goldcast, and you can also follow us on Twitter at the underscore Goldcast. And be sure to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, YouTube, anywhere that podcasts are syndicated. We can be found there. And if you are on the YouTube, make sure to leave a like and a comment because that tells YouTube what to do with the video, and that helps us out a great bit on that particular platform. And make sure to hit, hit the little notification bell as well. That way you'll get notified when our episodes go live on the line, baby. We're not just in the internet, we're on the internet. So be a part of the conversation for the 300th time on who the 49ers are going to pick for the next quarterback. <laughs> Absolutely. Raymond, such an exciting show. Our One of our all-time favorite guests. You know him as Johnny Dell from Johnny Dell's Football Academy. He is going to be joining us to talk all about 40, the 49ers' upcoming draft. You do not want to miss this. We cannot wait. Johnny Dell came onto the show. We not only talk about just the, the shock of the pick, but then Johnny Dell goes through each of the quarterbacks and then tells you at the end who he believes the 49ers are going to draft. It's a great one. But first, the greatest podcast intro in the game is about to drop your professor of fanalism i'm in the building the greatest fanalist in the game he's here too class is in session let's go san francisco are you ready this is the gold cast Welcome to another edition of the Gold Cast. We are the voice of the Bay. I'm your host, Rudy Sousa III, and with me is my brother, my co-host. Raymond Solis the first, baby. And our esteemed co-host, Johnny Dell. What's up, yeah, buddy? Welcome, welcome back. back. Man, it's good to be back. Thank you guys for having me. Oh, man, you know what? Honestly, we couldn't think of anyone that we wanted to hear more from than you, Johnny Dell. If you guys aren't familiar, you've, he's been on the show before, Johnny Dell of Johnny Dell's Football Academy, one of the best YouTube channels on there, one of the best places to go if you just want to see the X's and O's of the Kyle Shanahan system and how the 49ers play football. Uh, we can't recommend it enough. We'll make sure that there's a link to your show uh, in, the, in, the, in the synopsis for this episode. But Johnny, we are here to talk some business. Because the Niners have been busy, very, very busy this offseason. Obviously, we had a huge free agency. I believe we won free agency, if you were to ask me. But then, of course, the this crazy 49er internet-breaking moment where we trade with the Miami Dolphins and we go from the, the 12th pick of the draft to the 3rd pick of the draft. Now, where everyone's dying to hear your take. What are your thoughts first on just the actual move to go from 12 to 3? Well, I, I think it's what everybody figures. I mean, 
it's what they said in their press conference. You don't go from 12 to 3 for anybody but a quarterback. And so this is obviously a move to bring in a young quarterback. And the buzz right now is what's going to happen with Jimmy Garoppolo. Does he stay or does he go? And many people are going to believe that they want to bring in a guy. You, you don't spend a third overall pick on somebody who you don't want to 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 commit your franchise to. But I think the also, the other side of that is I think what we've also seen from this offseason is that when quarterbacks, highly touted quarterbacks, have been traded, there has been a large draft haul and picks brought for them. So is is this a situation where Jimmy's gone? I don't know. I don't think so. I think he's here for this season. What happens after this season? I think they're looking at it that what they've given up to move up to three, they can get back, uh, whether that be with with a trade for Jimmy next year or if he goes and, and takes us to the promised land, do you move on from a quarterback from like that or do you hold a young guy in behind? And then when, you know, if Jimmy continues to succeed, do you end up looking at shipping that guy off who was highly touted that you know you can get a large draft haul back for? Uh, I don't know. Um, I think there's a lot of people trying to speculate on what they're trying to do and uh, and it's a lot of... Uh, this this organization we've seen, unlike what was seen in the past, you don't know what they're actually going to do, and you don't know what they're actually thinking. Yeah, you know, that's one thing about this 49ers brass, is they keep things really close to the vest. And uh, throughout the entire tenure of the Lynch and Shanahan uh, you know, journey thus far, very rarely have leaks come out that have actually proved to be true. You know, we've heard lots of things left and right, but rarely has any of it proved to be true. And like, for instance, this, a lot of people are up in arms for, cause you know, they're saying that Mac Jones might be the guy that we're going to, uh, that we're going to go with. And people are all up in arms in that. And I'm like, you know what, if the Niners, if something leaks out of the office, the Niners want you to know whatever it is. And, and, you know, generally speaking. So I don't necessarily believe that Mac Jones is the guy. If that's, if that's leaking out of the office, I almost think that almost means it's positively not Mac Jones, for instance, if that's what they're saying it is, you know, I think they like to, they like a lot of disinformation out there and they've been, they've been pretty good about that the whole time. I also agree with you. I don't think Jimmy is leaving. I think they could, they believe they can compete for a Super Bowl right now. I think it's kind of the same thing, right? Like you don't reload at the level they just did and then hand those keys to a rookie who's never played in the Kyle Shanahan system, never played a single down of NFL football, and is now going to go in the hardest division that the, the NFL has to offer. I just don't think you hand the keys to that guy on day one, regardless of how, how much potential you think he has. Jimmy G has already shown he's more than capable of taking us to a Super Bowl. He's executed, of all the quarterbacks that have been in a 49er uniform, he's the most capable of executing the Kyle Shanahan system the best and at the highest level. And whether whether he needs to be a game manager, he can game manage. Whether he needs to take over, like in a game against New Orleans, he can take over. If you need him to just convert on third down, he can convert on third down. He can do whatever Kyle Shanahan needs him to do. I think, I think a lot of times that really gets... Um, 
I think that gets put under the rug, and I don't think that gets appreciated enough. Jimmy G, in a lot of ways, is like a quarterback Swiss Army knife for Kyle Shanahan. He can do whatever Kyle Shanahan wants to do. I think the fact is that more than anything else, it's his health that's been the major problem. It's something we've talked about uh, at length. You know, us, uh, the three of us personally, uh, online, and this is something that we've all talked about on 49 Twitter, 49 Instagram. It's not really, I think for us, it's never been a question of his talent. It's always just a question of his health. But I think he doesn't get enough credit for the fact that he is he is whatever Kyle Shannon needs him to be in any in any particular game and he's really good at that and i think that there i think there the belief is that if Kyle Shannon or if Jimmy G is still healthy with all the weapons that they have given him with the offensive line that they have given him i think they believe they still can compete for a super bowl this year and i just don't believe that they're sitting there right now going yeah whichever rookie we get we can go to the super bowl with this guy i just don't think that's really realistic in in today's nfl I think you're 100% right, and you know the what I think a lot of this it goes back to what John Lynch said. Uh, uh, I think about a month ago, he was talking about how much are they going to insulate the quarterback position against injury, and and how many how much resources do you actually pour into that? I think they absolutely went into this offseason thing saying we cannot have 2020 again. You can't have a, a season that gets torpedoed again because your your starting quarterback is on the bench. You can't have it. Um, you just you don't get that many opportunities in the NFL. And I love Jimmy G as much as the next guy, but he was on the bench too much for injury, and it's been two seasons. You can't have another season of Nick Mullins where there was many winnable games, and and we all were, you know, pulling our hair out and throwing things at the TV because uh, you have a quarterback just giving the ball over it reminded me of jt o'sullivan you know where it was like it's just oh there's another turnover oh fantastic that's awesome you know um so i think this is both looking for the future and if it doesn't work with jimmy you have a plan b you're not going to have that we have to tear the whole thing down and rebuild it's we're transitioning if he does great great we're, we're fantastic but we cannot have another two, 2020 can't happen Absolutely. Raymond, I want to turn it to you because Johnny brought up something good and I want to hear what your thoughts are on this. So he talked about, you know, it's really a question about what we do at the end of this season with Jimmy. So let me, Raymond, let me give you two scenarios and then Johnny, I want to hear your response to it as well. But Raymond, so let's go. Jimmy balls out, balls out, takes us to either NFC Championship or Super Bowl. Uh, What happens let's say let's say we we what happens if we lose in the nfc championship or we win the super bowl what happens to jimmy g next season what do you what do you think the 49ers do because now we have a position where we've got justin fields mac jones possibly zach wilson we have one of these three guys standing behind jimmy g and now we've lost in the nfc championship or we're hoisting lombardi what do you what happens in either scenario I think that's pretty easy. I mean, uh, you know, for the sake of argument, let's just say Jimmy has similar numbers that he does in 2019, you know, where he's putting up he's his stats are almost identical to Aaron Rodgers that season, um, at least in the touchdown and interception ratio part. Uh, he was top 10 in third down conversions and for most of the season. So if he has a season like that again, when he's healthy and he's a couple years removed from that uh, in the, MC, the ACL injury, and even more, you know, ingrained in the Kyle Shanahan offense, 
then they're going to keep him. And the young quarterback is just going to continue to develop underneath him on the bench because you're not going to rush that just because like, oh, well, we got, you know, he's still going to be on that other quarterback is still going to be on a, the, the rookie quarterback that we draft is still going to be on a rookie contract. So that's the type of money that does sit on the bench. And Jimmy's going to command the type of money that is in a starting lineup. And if he's healthy and plays well, and, you know, best case scenario, we win the Super Bowl. Gosh, oh, poor Niners. We have to sit this rookie on the bench because our starting cornerback got the job done that we wanted him to get done in the first place. You know, what a, what a horrible problem to have. <laughs> I think you're right. Uh, Johnny, what are your thoughts on this? So, you know, kind of to to bookend your, your own scenario here, what happens What happens at the end of next year if Jimmy loses, we lose the NFC Championship or we win the Super Bowl? Well, I think it also, uh, it would depend on if we lost the NFC Championship, how? Um, and I, I think it also would de- depend on who we draft. Uh, I have different opinions on how ready each guy is. Um, but I, I think it really comes down to, yeah, you, you keep him around. You don't, you don't move on some it's something like that. You know, Bill Walsh did the same thing with Steve Young. He brought Steve Young in when Joe Montana was dealing with some elbow issues. And Joe Montana played like Joe Montana. And so Steve Young sat. And if Jimmy G plays like Joe Montana then whoever the rookie is is going to sit. Same thing happened with Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay, is that Brett Favre continued to play like Brett Favre. So even though they weren't winning a Super Bowl, he was playing like Brett Favre. So you don't move on even though you think the world of the rookie, you're going to, to ride out the horse that got you to the dance. And you, you don't, you don't you know, it's like the old uh, Tower of Power song, the Oakland band, you don't change horses in the middle of the street. So mm-hmm. I think that's right. Go ahead, Ray. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I I think that's you know I, I think that's probably probably the easiest question we'll answer tonight, just because you know it's it would be really uncharacteristic of any team to move on from a Super Bowl quarterback, you know, and start another quarterback that they drafted the previous year. I mean, the closest scenario is the Eagles, but that's because they lost their starting quarterback and the backup won the Super Bowl. And then they went back to the starter after that, because we know that, you know, for some reasons, you know, uh, Nick Foles only plays good when, you know, the lights are brightest and he just can't seem to get it together outside of those, those lights. But, you know, Hey, at least it, at least it counted, you know, at least he played your best when it counted the most. So kudos to them. But you know, speaking of quarterbacks, Johnny, you know, you said you have your takes on what each of these guys, how ready you think they are. I mean, we uh, let's let's kind of let's trim some of the fat here. Like, you know, we there's a large presumption that the six six uh, um, Trevor Lawrence, two twenty two hundred twenty pounds is going to go to the Jaguars with Urban Meyer. Um, so let's take him out of the equation and just assume that that's going to happen. And we know also know that the Jets today traded Sam Darnold to the Carolina Panthers for a Hall of Picks. And uh, those Hall of Picks are, you know, we can assuming that when the Niners get to the point, if they get to the point, I think it's kind of inevitable that we're going to get to a Jimmy G trade. He's going to be worth more than what Sam Darnold got because Sam Darnold is a failed three-year quarterback, whereas Jimmy G is just an unhealthy, successful quarterback. <laughs> um, so um, let's uh, let's also maybe presume let's let's keep Zach Wilson in there just in the off chance that the Jets go a different direction. 
So um, why don't we start with Wilson? What's your take on Wilson's readiness as, and also how that relates to the Kyle Shanahan offense? Well, Wilson did play in a West Coast offense, and uh, I think he can operate that pretty well. He's got a live arm. He's a good athlete. He can make some Im- very impressive throws. He has the wow throws. You know, you see him, uh, he, and he, he doesn't have to have a stable platform. He can make off-platform throws, so that helps when you have a muddy pocket. Um, I think he to, to go to the next level – uh, is he a day one plug-in starter? I'm not 100% certain. Um, I think he's on the more raw side of that. You saw that in the game that BYU played this year. Uh, he did not handle pressure well, and he did not handle the blitz well. That is something that I can guarantee you because that's the only film that teams have on him from 2020 that wherever he lands, if it's with us or somewhere else, the first start he has, he's going to get blitzed the crap out of. And so is he able to, is it going to be able to, to handle that early? I'm not sure. Um, so I, I think he's somebody who will be a very successful quarterback in the NFL. I'm not sure it's going to be day one. It, I, I think, you know, it depends on his learning curve. I don't know what his learning curve is. We couldn't see it from 2020. We couldn't see the progression, so I, I don't know. Okay, and then and you know and who knows? I mean, if Zach Wilson goes to the Jets, he's obviously going to be a day one starter because they don't have a starter. They have C.J. Beathard, but C.J. Beathard's there to back up and make light a fire under anyone else's ass who's going to be the starter. Um, so, how about the most intriguing option? Um, that a lot of Niner fans seem to be gravitating to. Jeff Garcia thinks the Niners should pick this quarterback, and that is, of course, the 6'3", 228-pound Justin Fields. What do you think about him? I think Justin Fields is an interesting prospect. Um, I think there's there's almost, a, I think, a philosophical difference between the two, because the two guys that are being talked about most for us is most likely is Justin Fields and Mac Jones, right? And the fan base seems very, very heavily weighted towards Justin Fields and very, very much against Mac Jones. And I and I've questioned why. And you, when you go back and look at their their games, you see two very different styles of quarterback. And part of me wonders: is the fan love for Justin Fields the envious eyes that you see with the Chiefs with? Kyler Murray with Russell Wilson, is it really believing that Justin Fields will be that kind of elite talent or is it wanting what everybody else has? Uh, with Justin Fields, he is a, a remarkable athlete and he can make some very impressive throws, but he's probably, in my opinion, at least two years away from being NFL ready. Um, he, he really does not have a good grasp of understanding where the ball needs to get to when he's blitzed. Uh, you can see that on in the games that when he gets pressured, that's when bad things will happen for them. And he doesn't necessarily turn the ball over a lot, but he, he will eat, eat pressure, he'll eat sacks, um, because when that breaks down and he doesn't have the time to go through what the plays that are given, he, he tends to crumble. He doesn't see the pressure well, uh, whether it's coming up the middle or, or off the edges or from blitzers in I think he needs two years uh, really he's very raw he's probably the most 
out of the three guys that, that are most likely to land with us, I think he's got the highest ceiling, but he also has one of the lower floors. Um, and so he's a very intriguing prospect. He's somebody that you think, you know, Kyle could do a lot of things with him. What he really reminds me of, because I'm hearing a lot of Deshaun Watson, Dak Prescott comparisons. I don't know if that's what you guys have seen. I don't know if he's going to be a Deshaun Watson because Deshaun Watson had two two very successful years of college football that he had on film and was a proven winner, was a guy who played against the best competition for two years and did very, very well. Justin Fields hasn't had that. He doesn't have the experience. So he's not going to be Deshaun Watson year one, year two. It's, it's not, it's just not, that's unrealistic. So I think he's uh, he's a little ways out there. He could be that. I think closer comparison, and people probably hate me for saying this, is Robert Griffin III. Because if you look at Robert Griffin coming out of college, it was very similar. Because we look at back at Robert Griffin, and, and it's easy to look at him now and go, eh, Robert Griffin. But when he was coming out, he was highly touted. And we were talking the, the number two overall pick, right? It, uh, it was him and Andrew Luck. And he had one of the greatest pro days that we'd ever seen. It, it you know, everybody's talking about Justin Fields' pro day. They were the, the buzz on Robert Griffin III after his pro day was through the roof. But you can also see that when he wasn't given the ability to sit and learn, that that stunted his development long term. So with Fields, I, I think he's a very intriguing prospect. To me, if we draft him, that almost guarantees that, barring injury, Jimmy G is around for 2022. That's my opinion. Yeah, I mean, and if Jimmy G is successful, that will that that will go play in favor of Justin Fields' development. Um, now, okay, so you already mentioned him, but let's move on to Mac Jones, 6'2", 214 pounds, more prototypical uh, pocket passer, seems much more akin to some of the quarterbacks, most of the quarterbacks that Kyle Shanahan's worked with. He's, he's never really drafted or been a heavy, heavily involved with picking the quarterbacks that he's, that he's uh, coached, with the exception of um, Kirk Cousins. So what do you think about Jones? You know, uh, I do have a, maybe a little bit of bias. I live about 70 miles from Tuscaloosa, so I get to watch a lot of Alabama games. Uh, that being said, I've also I'm when I've gone back and watched Mac Jones, I'm seeing that for the third, fourth time with Mac Jones. So uh, there's a familiarity there. I think a lot of the fan hate comes just from the fact he's not a premier athlete. I mean, he's he's not a an exciting pick from the the terms of you're not seeing this guy that could create outside of the structure of the offense. And again, this comes back to philosophy. And this is where I wonder, where's the fan break from Kyle Shanahan? Because if we just step back and, and this was why I think a lot of people are putting two and two together on Mac Jones, the 49ers is from a philosophical standpoint, Mac Jones, if you can get him in a system that is going to be very effective and you're asking a guy to deliver the ball from the pocket, I don't think there's a better quarterback in this draft. I mean, I, there's guys that are much more physically talented and might have a little bit more life of an arm, but if we're talking about sitting and, and being able to run the offense efficiently and stand in, and this is another thing that Shanahan values, is stand in and deliver a ball while taking a hit. Mac Jones is your guy. Um, it's not exciting, but a, you want to see the perfect example, go watch the game against Missouri. Mizzou, okay? 
It was the second touchdown he threw in that game. They they come with a blitz. It's cover one, so five-man pressure. They get a free rusher off the left side. He's got a, a slot receiver on a crossing route, and he's got to wait for him to clear the middle safety. And he's got to look the middle safety off to keep him and then allow the receiver time to get across the field so the safety can't break. And he, he, he drops back. He looks to his left, waits, waits, and then delivers a perfect ball while getting just hammered to his receiver in stride for a touchdown. That's the kind of thing that Kyle Shanahan values is that ability to deliver while under, while under pressure. Um, why did he like C.J. Beathard? His toughness, right? Why did he like Mullins? His toughness, right? Why is he like Jimmy G? Because he can deliver a ball with pressure coming. And the, the fourth touchdown that that uh, Alabama scored in the same game, Mizzou, he hits he hit Devontae Smith on a cor- on a corner route from the slot. Same thing, getting hit right as he throws, falling back and delivers a perfect ball to the back of the end zone. If you're talking a guy who's going to be able to stand in the pocket and deliver the ball, he can do that. And he's he can make all the throws, and so we're talking pro ready. Mac Jones can step in, maybe week four, and run this offense. Uh, the offense that he ran at Alabama is very similar to Kyle Shanahan's uh, with Steve Sarkeesian. It's very very similar. It just ran out of shotgun a lot more than we did. Um, but I think if you look at philosophically what we have seen from Kyle Shanahan for the past five years. Going back to Atlanta, Mac Jones is the guy that fits that philosophy to a T. That's why people are putting two and two together. Right. Now, I mean, to, to, uh, you know, the, the counterpoint being that, you know, like, hey, Kyle Shanahan interviewed for the offensive coordinator, was, was given an interview opportunity at Atlanta. You know, he didn't necessarily pick Matt Ryan, but he made Matt Ryan a better quarterback. He didn't pick Matt Schaub, but he got the best out of Matt Schaub during the year he was there. He didn't want RG3. The owners wanted RG3. He got the best out of RG3 during that system with his dad, Mike. And then they actually did come together and had a meeting to the minds and pick Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins style, I mean, is does that, that seems to run along similar lines as this Mac Jones line. Is, is that how you feel? Yeah, I, I don't love the Kirk Cousins comparison with Mac Jones just because Kirk Cousins, I think, is more of a gambler than Mac Jones is. Um, I think Mac Jones, is, I would compare him more along the lines of uh, of a Matt Ryan than, than a Kirk Cousins. I think Kirk Cousins is going to try and force the ball down the field more than Matt Ryan would. Um, but and you can also then look at Cleveland that he had Johnny Manziel thrust upon him, and that's why he left Cleveland. Um so, you know, he could have gone wherever he wanted after Cleveland. I mean, everybody knew Kyle was was the man, and he chose Atlanta. Um, so, you know, there, there's that portion of it. To, to me, Mac Jones is a Kyle Shanahan system quarterback. Does uh, that mean that that's where they're going to go? I don't know. I mean, obviously, he, he's seen the success that dual threat guys have had around the league, and maybe his mind's changed, and he's seeing, you know, how he can open up the running game with it more and do all sorts of other things. But I think if we're talking about somebody who can who can fit in that quarterback, in the current quarterback room, because if you bring in Justin Fields, you have to change. You have to have the Justin Fields offense, and then you have the Jimmy G offense, and then you have the Josh Rosen offense. If you have Mac Jones in there, you have the Kyle Shanahan offense, and Jimmy G, Mac Jones, Josh Rosen, you're expecting all of them to run that offense. And... 
So I, that's where I see I see the philosophical connect a little bit more because if you bring in Justin Fields, you're 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 going to have to run a different offense for him. Yeah, and I think um, uh, you know if if I had to be a guessing man because last Friday Mike Lombardi made the claim that you know John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan disagree on which quarterback to draft. You know, if I was a betting man, I'd say Kyle Shanahan's probably leaning Mac Jones and John Lynch is probably leaning towards one of these other more dynamic players like a Justin Fields or to a lesser degree, a Trey Lance. If people have Trey Lance really high on their boards for some reason, I look at him as as an even lesser version of Justin Fields. I mean, what what do you think there? I, I think you're 100%. I think the, the biggest reason there is um, he can operate the play action pass game really well. He's played under center a lot. Uh, so there's there's less of an uh, of an adjustment there. Whereas Justin Fields, like one thing I noticed his his footwork is going to need a lot of work. That's when when I say he's two years away, footwork needs a lot of work. Timing offense needs a lot of work. Throwing with anticipation into zones needs a lot of work. He doesn't see the routes developing before they are. He has to see the receiver open. It reminds me a little bit of Kaepernick. So with Kaepernick, he would have to see the guy open, and then he would make it up with arm. That was great for a little while, and then teams started uh, catching on to that. Fields, you know, the Shanahan offense is about timing. It's you, Your feet are tied to those routes, and his footwork leaves a lot to be desired. Now, it's not saying that a quarterback that has bad footwork can't be successful. Deshaun Watson's footwork is horrible uh i find it funny that fans were talking about how bad jimmy g's footwork was and then crying for deshaun watson i'm going if you you want to see bad footwork go see deshaun watson but he's extremely successful with it because he he that's just how he plays and he can still be successful in how he plays but a shanahan offense the routes are tied to the footwork and so that it's going to take fields a while same thing with lance um he did a lot of handing off um in there and there was a lot of quarterback running as well again his one game look at the same thing he dealt with issues of identifying pressure uh his his performance was not great throwing the ball running the ball was great but what does shanahan ask his quarterbacks to do to deliver from the pocket and uh you know if you're insulating from injury is kyle going to want to go down the road of putting a quarterback in harm's way like they did with rg3 uh, i don't see it so I agree with that. And then one thing I've actually been saying this week in in defense of a traditional pocket passer, did we not just watch a traditional pocket passer walk away with his seventh Super Bowl ring against the most dynamic, most talented QB we have in the NFL right now? Didn't we just see the, the traditional old school quarterback walk away with the seventh ring? I mean... It clearly still works in the NFL. I, I think sometimes I think I think it's funny how mo- more mobile quarterbacks forever were kind of looked up, looked down upon, and then slowly through the Russell Wilsons, the Patrick Mahomes, the Deshaun Watsons of the world, that is changing. And now there seems to be this backlash where like pure pocket passers are somehow not efficient, which I think is insane because that is it has always been the most the most effective, the most successful style of quarterbacking in the NFL has always been pure pocket passers, and I I think. Tom Brady is just excellent proof that that still works even in 2021. Absolutely. I mean, you look at uh, the last four teams in the playoffs or even, you know, down to the last eight teams, you had mostly pocket quarterbacks. Um, You look at the NFC side, you have Drew Brees, you had Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers. I mean, those were the three teams that were really in it. 
to for for the Super Bowl. Those are traditional pocket quarterback guys. Um, the guy who can deliver from the pocket will always be valuable. Does that mean that you know these dual threat guys? We we got beat by one. Um, you know it 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 uh, it was not a fun experience. But if you look at you know why why did is, is Josh Allen why are the Bills you know soaring? It's not because Josh Allen is getting better at making plays outside of the pocket. It's because he's getting better at making plays inside the pocket. Now he has the element outside, but he's getting better at delivering the ball from the pocket. That will always be the number one thing that will determine a quarterback's success. Patrick Mahomes didn't win a Super Bowl because of one of his plays running out right and throwing another pass. It was delivering a third and 15 from the pocket. Ouch, that's and that stings. And we we that's a, we got beat. We also got beat by the Ravens in 2012 by a traditional pocket passer in that game. Ugh. Ugh. <laughs> just playing the just, game of his life. Just to perhaps plant the seed in fans that you know don't be surprised if Mac Jones is the one that lands in our plate because Kyle Shanahan, at the end of the day, per his contract, has the final say, regardless of what John Lynch and company might think. Because I know who knows Adam Peters might have a, a different opinion too. Who knows what he thinks? You know, I I uh, I know there's other quarterback. Chris Sims is really high on Kellen Mond. Uh, I don't really know him very well, and I know Kyle Trask has very impressive measurements, but uh, is is far from NFL ready. But, um, you know, as far as the Niners are concerned, they're in the number three spot. So according to Kyle, and I believe him wholeheartedly, they have multiple guys that they think, you know, that can do this. And so, but put it, going in the three spot guarantees them one of those guys. It's just a question of who at this point, because, you know, there's obviously wide consensus of who the Jets and the Jags are going to pick. So the Niners have to have, you know, th- two to three other guys that they think can still get it done after those two picks are gone. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So final question. And then we got to run, Johnny. Johnny, you're on the board. Make the prediction. Who do the Niners walk away with? Let's go. Let's go. Trevor Lawrence goes first. Zach Wilson goes second. Now we've got the the rest of the field. Who do the 49ers pick? What's your guess? I'm going to get tar and feathered for it, but I, I think it's going to be Mac Jones. Uh, just because you don't have to change the quarterback room. If you're looking at somebody that you're going to have coexist with Jimmy G, um, that's your guy. Justin Fields, you bring him in. Jimmy G's still saying. Uh, I don't think either way Jimmy G goes. Justin Fields comes in. You're not going to have a seamless transition from one quarterback to the other. So uh, to me, if you're looking at Kyle Shanahan believes in his system, which he believes in his system, then it's Mac Jones. I love it. Well, we're going to find out very soon here. April 29th. Uh, I cannot wait. I'm like a kid at Christmas right now. Every, every night is every night is Christmas Eve and I just want to get to the draft already. I cannot wait. So, Absolutely. all right. Yeah. All I right. think whoever they draft, you know, you're going to get you're going to get a good quarterback. It's and and they're going to be able to do something with them. So, it's not like I'm sitting here saying if they draft Fields, uh, you know, no, I think you will have a premier talent. They will they will make the most out of him. Same thing with Mac Jones. This will still be a top five offense, no matter who they they get in there. Um, so yeah, I totally agree, and I've said the same thing on the show. My as, uh, when we were making predictions last week, I said it doesn't matter. 
because whoever whoever they get, they'll be successful with. Kyle Shanahan is so good at creating offenses based on the uh, the strengths of the of his quarterbacks, and he's really good at masking the weaknesses and making it very difficult to penetrate those weaknesses uh, with for the opposing defenses. So I think we're going to be fine. But all right, folks, what say you? Johnny Dell says, Mac Jones, what do you think about the 49ers drafting Mac Jones? Sound off in the comments. Go to youtube.com slash the gold cast. And don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe. And we'll be back on Thursday to talk some Giants baseball. Baseball is back finally, and uh, we're going to talk about it. So that'll all be happening on Thursday's episode. And so concludes another edition of the Gold Cast. We are the voice of the Bay. I'm your host, Rudy Salisa Third, and with me is my brother, my co-host, Raymond Salisa First, baby, and our esteemed co-host, Johnny Dell. Hey, bud! Thank you so much for coming on the show, and we will see you very, very soon. This is, is the Gold Cast. 